You're listening to the Good Moon Clinic podcast with Drs. Justine Corrie and Gemma Gladstone. We're two clinical psychologists and schema therapists with a passion for helping people get to the heart of the matter, to find out what's really going on and to help break unhelpful life patterns. In this podcast, we'll take an in-depth look at the common issues our clients bring to therapy and hope to offer you some useful new ways to think about your life and the people in it. So stay with us. We hope you enjoy this episode. Oh, hello. Okay. Hi, everyone. This is Gemma. Before we start, I was just thinking that um, I need to raise an issue with Justine, actually. I need to talk to her about something. But it's all a bit nerve-wracking because every time I have an issue, I find it really hard to confront her. But anyway, I'll so I feel a bit intimidated. Anyway, I'll give it a go. Oh, hi, Justine. Hey, Gemma. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to ask you, you know, last Friday night at work, I think you left the door open like Friday night when you left. I think the door was left open. Uh, No, I don't think so. No, I definitely shut it. I always shut the door. No, definitely. um, No, I think you might, uh, you might have been forgetting, you know, forgetting something, Jim. No, I definitely shut the door. Oh, Okay. Well, it's just that I was sure you left after me because I was sure I heard you in the office when I left and I thought we agreed that the last one to leave would close up. No, no. Um, I actually left before you and I'm actually um, oh. I'm a bit worried about you, Jim, actually. This isn't the first time I've kind of noticed your memory is a bit off, actually, and then I was actually talking to Kerry about it the other day. And, um, yeah, she was also kind of saying she'd noticed her memory was a bit questionable too. We were kind of thinking maybe you should get it checked out. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's concerning. Oh, because I could have sworn. Anyway, I, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe I I just could have sworn I heard you already talking to a client when I left. No? No, no, oh, definitely okay. not. Definitely not. Mm. Mm. Oh, Okay. I'll check that out. Um, Look, there was just one other thing, though. You know, in that meeting we had the other day when you made that, you sort of made a joke about me. Mm -hmm. Mm. A bit like always, I I think it was about the forgetting thing. I think, anyway, you made a joke about me. So can I just ask that you don't do that because it doesn't make me feel very good? Really? Did you really find it that distressing, that joke? Yeah. I did. It sort of hurt my feelings. Oh, God. It's a bit, bit sensitive, Jim. Like, it was just a joke. Like, everyone else thought it was kind of funny. It wasn't a big deal. Well, I don't think I'm that sensitive. I mm. just really bothered me. <laughs> oh, my God. I think you just need to let it go. Like, really need to let it go. No uh. big deal. It was just because the other, when the other staff heard it and it wasn't fair to make a joke about me in front of them. Jim, you're really banging on about it now and I think you've been a bit ridiculous. Like, let's just move on. Just just put it behind us and move on. Okay. Uh, well, maybe, but anyway, it just really bothered me. Hmm. Whatever. Okay. Hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was that, that, that was so toxic. That, that was so very mean. that was very invalidating. Yeah, I felt Justine. I didn't know you were such a good gaslighter. <laughs> oh, that re- that really conflicted with my values. That was that was quite hard to do. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so today, you might have guessed we're talking about gaslighting because it's been raised as an issue. I've had a few conversations about it lately. Clients have raised it. So we thought we'd talk about it today. You know, we thought we'd talk about it and talk about um, how, when it comes up and what it is, what it means and why people do it. But being on the receiving end of it there, I, it felt awful. <laughs> I was really starting to question whether or not I had a memory problem. <laughs> Let me just tell you where the term comes from. I mean, it's it's a term that I really only became aware of a few years ago. I was always aware of it as being an element of a form of psychological abuse. It can be a form of verbal or psychological abuse, emotional abuse. But it, it comes from a, a play which was then made into a movie in 1944 called Gaslight by the beautiful Ingrid Bergman was the female actress okay. in, the, in the movie. The plot is that this really very charismatic, charming Italian man, I think he was, meets this young woman who has lost her aunt and her aunt was a very famous rich woman who had left her a lot of um, wealth and a lot of family jewels. And she meets this man in Italy and they have a romance. He's very charming and sweeps her off her feet, and then they return back to London, get married, move in to a house together. And then she starts noticing, and clearly he has has an agenda right from the start, which is really sinister, because he actually murders. He's the murderer of her aunt that she loses. So what this guy actually starts to do is slowly and systematically he begins to make his wife feel as though she is completely losing touch with reality and completely losing her mind to the point that at toward the end she's almost going to be admitted into an insane asylum if it's not for the intervention of a stranger that helps her piece the puzzle together. Mm. So it's a good ending. But it's this, a happy ending. It's in this case, it's it was uh. so in in terms of you know he the villain the abuser gets found out. But what he does is he does things like it's really sinister. So he would be at the extreme end. He would be the malignant narcissist. He uses it as as a tactic of control to get what he wants. So he does things like move things around the house and changes pictures around and makes footsteps in the houses and then he changes the gaslight upstairs in the bedroom. He dims it and um, when she questions him on any of these things, he makes her feel like she's crazy because he denies it and he hides things and so forth. And so he rewrites the history and tells different stories to her to make her things think that um, she's going crazy basically, Uh, make her think that she's actually dreamed things that really happened and he tells her fake stories about her past and all of this. But he starts off in the beginning, he's very 
very charming and very suave and very in control and she gets swept up in that. That's where we get the term from and I think it's a term that's used a lot nowadays. You hear clients talking about it, don't you? It's used a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why is, well, do you know why it has become so popular? I'm not sure but I, I think it's a good way of people are finally now being able to put a name on this form of manipulative mm. behaviour and it's nice to be able to have a name that's meaningful. So if we're going to define it, we say that gaslighting is a form, can be a form of psychological manipulation mm. where someone is made to question their sense of reality and it leads to a huge amount of self-doubt and confusion. So you're sort of, they're manipulating your perception of what is actually real and so that you end up questioning and doubting yourself. Am I like that? Am I too sensitive? Or do I have a mental health problem? Or, yeah, does everybody think I'm this way or or that way? In terms of the person doing the gaslighting, the goal often is to make the person feel as though they're losing a grip on reality, that they can't trust themselves and that they start to question their own mental health, their own sanity. When you say it like that, it sounds sinister is such a good word for it, isn't it, if it's part of a tactic? Yeah, I think it can be sinister. I think I think anybody can do a bit of gaslighting like we did there in that role play, although mm-hmm. you're starting to get a little bit quite manipulative <laughs> and sinister, I must say. Well, I think as soon as you start talking about, you know, that in that way about someone else trying to bring other people into it, mm. that's that's a whole other level, isn't it? Yeah, that's a whole other level. Of, mm. So I think we could people can use this sort of gaslighting in a lesser severe way, like saying, you know, oh, you're just you're just too sensitive, you know, don't think like this, think like that, that kind of level. Or it could be used at a whole more sinister level as part of an otherwise very abusive relationship where there is a lot of coercive control. So primarily in a relationship where a man is controlling his female partner and using a lot of coercive control tactics and using gaslighting as just a strategy and a tool to make the other person feel less than or to make them feel confused so that the perpetrator can actually get away with their abuse so that they can't be called to task because they're slipping under the radar. Mm -hmm. So it's done to throw the victim off their game so that they actually doubt what's happening, their own sanity and whether, you know, is he really that bad or am I, am I actually losing my mind? Because if it's severe, here if I've heard examples of, you know, a partner deliberately hiding their partner's keys and then accusing them of being forgetful or including their children in a smear campaign, saying like, oh, mummy's a bit mad, isn't she? She went to the doctor and the doctor told her that she was crazy. 
so they can include other people and that's when it can get a little bit much more sinister and pathological. And so that the more benign end of it, so once again, these things are always in a dimension, aren't they? Um, mm, the more benign yeah. end, is it, is, so is gaslighting always about the person being mindful of what they're doing? You know what I mean? Like are they always mindful of it or is it sometimes just a reflexive defence for their own to protect them from being wrong or uncomfortable? Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's always intentional. Mm. I think it could be intentional. It can be very intentional and then it might be more reflexive, like you said, as a that's something that someone says and does because they don't want to own their behaviour or they want to make you feel a bit confused so they can feel a little bit more superior in the exchange. So like, the, you know, that's why this, and also we're kind of, um, this is the narcissist would use this as a way of deflecting away their own, from their own vulnerability, isn't it? Like this would be a tactic that they would commonly employ. Yeah, yeah. Again, to sort of stay, I suppose, in control. And if we think of the more extreme narcissist feeling better and more powerful when they throw the other person off and they make the other person feel less than, Mm. then this would be a particularly effective strategy to do that. So accusing them of, you know, oh, you're always imagining things. Oh, you're just crazy. You're too sensitive. Denying reality. No, it never happened. You're imagining that. You're just imagining that I said that or you're imagining that that happened. That never happened. If it was part of it, if it's part of a more of a malignant abuse strategy, then it can be used in that cycle of abuse. So the perpetrator or abuser might intermittently do things to confuse their partner, like be nice and loving and endearing one day and then be cold and callous and abusive the next day. So I think gaslighting is on a dimension spectrum itself. It can be not nice but relatively innocuous right up to something very harmful, very damaging and very harmful to the, to the person who's on the receiving end of it, so much so that it can be a causal factor in them wanting to end their own life mm. and become very self-harm and think about suicide. And what about, say, the situation I was telling you about before when we were discussing this episode where you've got, say, a couple and one of the couples, say, has an abandonment schema and is very jealous. That's how, you know, they, they kind of get preoccupied with the idea that their partner's cheating on them. They expect they're going to leave them for someone else. And then the partner is, you know, kind of saying, disagreeing with them and saying, look, I think you're imagining things that isn't happening, kind of trying to reassure them, but maybe in a defensive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the first partner with the abandonment issue then says, well, you're gaslighting me just because the other one isn't agreeing with their reality, but they're not. They're seeing it as they're actually distorted because of yeah. the jealousy. Is that gaslighting or is that mm-hmm. that's just two people having a different reality? Like what actually would make it gaslighting? Yeah. Well, I think making it gaslighting is the intention Mm. behind it that's one of the the factors but it's also around what you said before sort of wanting wanting to feel more superior in the moment like you've got everything together and the other person is somehow faulty there's something wrong with the other person yeah so there's a blaming element to it as well 
Like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's the elevation. It's like, oh, no, 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 I never said that. You're imagining things. I would never say that, ever. I would never, ever say that. You're imagining it. You're prone to being imagining things. You've always been like this. Your mother told me about that when I first met. She told me that you you were off with the pixies, right? So this is kind of like, you know, it's this repetitive theme. So it's kind of like it can be an ongoing pattern of behaviour. yeah. Yeah, there was the yeah. where it's the example I was describing as two people with a different perception of say the same thing, and the person who's been accused of gaslighting by the other person is actually just more sort of defending themselves and you know probably not responding to that person in the most loving way, but mm-hmm. sort of being a bit offended and defending themselves. Yeah, it's one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's just just like the term narcissist gets yeah. thrown around a lot, you know where people are very um, ready to kind of label someone as a narcissist um, when maybe they're really not. Yes. They're not really. They might have the odd behaviour that's a little bit self-absorbed, but we wouldn't call them a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Same with gaslighting, you know. So, yeah, just because you have a difference of opinion and someone doesn't fully get your reality doesn't mean they're gaslighting you. Mm. I think it, yes, I think that's where it can kind of gets gets used because even because if you say to your partner, you're gaslighting me, that that never goes down well either, does it? That's not going to create mm. a conversation about, a good conversation about the difference yeah. you're experiencing. Yeah, yeah. So when we did that example early on today, just then, I felt quite confused by what you were doing. So to be on the receiving end of that, I felt like um, I just wasn't being heard at all that no matter what I said, you were going to paint a different picture of what was going on. You were going, and and so then I had self-doubt about, well, was she she in the room or wasn't she in the room? I heard heard voices. Maybe I can't trust myself after all. So it's a bit of a, a process where you're left kind of worrying and in doubt of what's actually going on. And you feel like you can't really make contact with the other person or get anything honest from them because they've just constantly got this defence up and they might use gaslighting a lot just in their general communication style. So that's the thing, you know, when it's, when it's used as a, pattern in a, as a pattern of relating to another person because you're not owning any of your own stuff and you want the attention to go on the other person and you're not taking responsibility. Yeah, not taking responsibility. When I was in that mode, when I was trying to prepare myself for being the person who was going to invalidate you and question your reality, I was saying to myself, what can I say next to diminish Gemma? That was the question I was asking myself. What can I say next? Mm-hmm. Now, that was a conscious, mm-hmm. I was, you know, trying to be in the role. I was thinking, is this what people think when they're gaslighting? <laughs> Are they actually aware mm. that that's what they're doing to diminish her, to make her feel small and... Yeah, so that sense of elevating yourself yeah. above the other person. That's right, yeah. And to the receiver, it's like crazy town. It's like smoke crazy and mirrors. Town. It's smoke and mirrors. What's going on? I'm not mm. even following this line of thinking anymore. I don't know what's happened. All I wanted to say was, did you leave the door open? <laughs> That's right. And now I feel like, you know, a real idiot for saying it and I'm questioning whether mm. I should have said it and did was I at fault here? And, and depending on what your personality is like and what your schemas are, you're going to really buy into the, mm. the gaslighting tactic and you'll really start to, to blame yourself for what's going on, take responsibility. 
That's a good other, point. Yeah, the other person's just trying to get rid of their sense of responsibility mm. and accountability and they're deflecting it onto you and that's that's often the function of gaslighting. Yeah. Mm. What schemers make you vulnerable to be to gaslighting as a as a tactic, right? So if that was if that dynamic was always in our relationship, you know, so what schemas would you have to have in yourself that would make you want to stay in the relationship or not want to, but feel like you couldn't leave or couldn't end the friendship or? Well, yeah, it's hard to to um, get into that, but we've talked about them before. They're all the they're the schemas that make you make it hard for you to set a boundary and set a mm. limit with people. And also the schemas that will compromise your sense of what you're entitled to. Mm. So if you've got a big self-sacrifice schema or you're surrendering to a subjugation schema and you feel controlled or you're feeling like you've got approval seeking and, you, and you're a narcissist and I want your approval, then I might stay in that relationship with you. Whereas if I was being more healthy adult and thinking, no, um, I deserve better than that and I'm entitled not to be treated like that, then I would actually, I would probably go no contact with you, Justine, mm, yeah. and just wipe you out of my phone and all contacts for good. <laughs> because, I would too. <laughs> because, I, I, you know, you, you don't really, unless you're married to one and you're in the process of extricating yourself out of the relationship or you're related to one, then you wouldn't want to be in contact with someone who uses gaslighting against you. Mm. Um, and those other examples, you, you wouldn't want that either, but you'd have to handle it and go into maintenance mode and decide what you're going to do, whether you're going to stay in contact with that person or whether you're going to cut them off. Because it was a real, like what it sounded like, you were actually having a wobble. So you're going, mm, was I? Like, did I imagine that? Is she right? Mm. So it's like you're kind of, you thought you had your reality and then I question that reality and then you're kind of a bit discombobulated and off-centre trying to, you know, reflect and work out what you actually remembered. And so that wobble would be a familiar thing to experience, wouldn't it? You know, if you've got that sort of self-sacrifice or subjugation type of vulnerability, you're kind of used to seeing yourself from another's perspective to try and keep the relationship. That's right. So your perspective is very important to me. Yeah. So then I, I would internalise that and think, oh, okay, well, mm. Mm. if she sees it, mm, then maybe it's true. Yes. Mm. So as a child, what you thought and felt and your behaviour wasn't sort of accepted or validated or seen as important by your primary caregiver. Mm. And so if you come out of childhood with that unmet need, you're more vulnerable to that wobble. Mm-hmm. Aren't you? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Terrible. Oh. That's right. Yeah. No, it's awful. And people can, um, like I said, like, you know, the worst case scenario is people can can get um, quite down on themselves and and want to hurt themselves. That's happened as well. If they're in this kind of ongoing form of psychological abuse without any reprieve. If we're talking about the sinister side again, then what the perpetrator of this would want to do is would want to separate you from any caring, loving, sensible people in your life mm. so that you're you're more exposed to their negative input, you're more exposed to their brainwashing and abuse. 
they are your source of reality. That's mm. where you go for your reality check. Mm. If the person you go mm. for for your reality check is a pathological and malignant narcissist who uses a lot of gaslighting, then um, you're in a really bad spot. And that's when you need. To, that's when you would need to get a lot of professional help, particularly and a lot of support and a lot of other people to help you get out of this reality. Mm. And it wasn't. It wasn't until in the film. It's not until an outsider helps this woman get out of that reality that she becomes free from it. So it took an outsider to see it. It often takes an outsider. So we take a short break here to um, hear about a message from us on another note. Sounds good. Let's do that. Hello, Gemma Gladstone here. I've got some questions for you. Are you sick of attracting the wrong type of partner? Do you find yourself in relationships with people who can't commit to you in a healthy way? Maybe your fear of rejection stops you from getting involved with anybody in the first place. Or when you're in a relationship, do you struggle with feelings of insecurity? Do you become clingy and anxious? Or do you find that you doubt yourself and don't know where you stand? Well, if any of these things speak to you, then you'll need to know about some exciting new courses that Justine and I are working on. We will keep you posted, but in the meantime, go to the podcast page of our website, goodmood.com.au, and download your free guide all about what to look for in an emotionally available partner. Now, let's get back to today's show. Okay, so today we've been talking about gaslighting, which is a, a common form of psychological manipulation used by the narcissist, particularly those high on the on the spectrum. And we hope that's been helpful and brought a few things to your attention. If there's anything in particular you'd like us to talk about on this topic or a related topic, please visit our website, remember, at goodmood.com.au and go to our podcast page and write us a note. We would love to hear from you. And also when you're on that page, you can download your free guide, which um, helps you identify some characteristics of a partner who is actually emotionally available, so not a narcissist. Not a gaslighter. And not a gaslighter, <laughs> yes. So we're going to be continuing this conversation and picking up next time on uh, different aspects of the narcissist, uh, including uh, what it's like to be an adult child of a parent who uses some of these tactics and who is narcissistic. That's a very big topic. That's a big topic as well. So we look forward to speaking to you more about that. Great. Thanks, Gemma. See you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Gaslighter. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Well, that's it for today. We really enjoyed spending time with you and we hope that you keep listening. You can visit the podcast page on our website, goodmood.com.au, for more information and to access show notes. Please remember that this podcast is intended for information and learning purposes and that it shouldn't be used as a substitute for personal therapy. So please consult a qualified mental health professional for assistance that is tailored to your specific needs. Hope you stay well and take great care of yourself. Bye for now.